1: and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms twenty one plus only, Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, DC. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show presented by The Big Lead. I'm your host, Kyle Koster. This is my first podcast back after two weeks away. We welcomed a new addition to the family. Everybody's doing great. There are some sleep-deprived nights, as is the norm. But overall, it's been pretty easy. And I got to say, taking two weeks away Really renewed my spirit to jump into the nonsense that is sports news and sports media news, the deluge that continues each and every day. Yesterday, the big one comes as Andrew Marchand, the standard bearer in this industry. We need to do something about this guy. We're looking into it very seriously, maybe disconnecting his phone service because my man who has been a repeat guest on this podcast is crushing us all. And the number two person in the industry is far behind. I joke with him that he needs a worthy adversary. He is Jordan in his prime right now. Anyway, the New York posts sports media reporter had a secondary piece to a story that he originally broke, which was Troy Aikman headed to ESPN in the Monday night booth speculation confirmed ESPN was also in on Joe Buck, and they have reimagined their Monday night football booth with Buck and Aikman, who helmed the number one booth at Fox for so long and with such skill. For my money, they were a close second to the NBC Sunday night booth in terms of quality and enjoyment. We gave Buck play-by-play voice of the year. Last year, I've been pretty effusive in my praise for what he brings to the table. He's so damn good. And to contextualize this story, I was thinking about a piece that I wrote in December of 2020 when Tom Rinaldi, the marquee storyteller at ESPN, announced that he was leaving and was headed to Fox, to be a part of that aforementioned number one team, which is now looking about 50% is full. And there are rumors that Erin Andrews could be on her way out. So it may be only Rinaldi that remains from that unit as we head into 2022's fall football season. At the time I wrote that Rinaldi leaving was telling the emotional story of ESPN at that moment. And it came on the heels of kind of some bad news for the company where a lot of talent was leaving. There was a narrative that there was a bit of an exodus going on. I thought that Rinaldi represented something about the company. And I thought that because he's so full of heart that him leaving was going to be this major blow that it was going to drastically impact morale. And I think in the short term, I was correct, but as time has gone on and I heard from people at ESPN who really didn't care for what I wrote, that perhaps I took it a step too far, I think with some time and with some reflection and certainly seeing what's happened to the company over there in the time that's passed, I would say that I probably overstated it. And in the interest of fairness, I will use the same device here where we have news that Fox is losing both Aikman and Buck with two Super Bowls in the next three years, staring them right in the face. They have to make a splashy move and execute this grand master plan that they have. Or conversely, they need to scramble Get some life rafts in the water and figure this thing out because the pressure is on. And if I'm at Fox right now, and this is not reported, this is my own personal opinion, I would feel a bit discouraged about this. I would feel that in this era of enormous, exorbitant broadcasting salaries, Brian Curtis had a great piece in The Ringer about this recently. Fox does not seem willing to pay top dollar to keep its top talent. Aikman revealed that he never got a final offer from Fox this week during a radio interview in Dallas. For Buck, I'm not so certain the issue was money. I don't think you walk away from two Super Bowls in three years and three World Series in three years unless you probably want to make a change to your work-life balance. We all believe that in addition to calling football, he's going to be producing, helping out, creating some stuff on the ESPN Plus platform, but his dance card will be significantly more free as these past few years he's been doing Thursday night football, playoff baseball, back to back traveling all over the place. His work ethic has been amazing. And the fact that his performance didn't dip at all, despite all the travel is a testament to just how good, how one of a kind he is. The simple fact is Fox is going from A-list stars, proven commodities, and most importantly, comfort food that was Buck and Aikman to perhaps Kevin Burkhart, and Greg Olson as its top booth, as its Super Bowl booth for two of the next three years. That would mean that booth is only earning three to four million combined. A drastic, drastic departure from what ESPN is doing. Probably from what Al Michaels is probably going to secure with Amazon, whoever he is teamed up with. And on the baseball side, you go from Buck who is called the world series every year since 1996 to perhaps Joe Davis, who, if you've been listening to this podcast, I've had slated for this role for many years, and he perhaps will get the opportunity sooner than anybody thought. I'm not saying it's a step down in quality. It's a step down in talent. We can have the discussion. If broadcasters have any impact on fans enjoyment of the game, probably. Yes but definitely not on the ratings. But much like anything else in life, you tell two stories. At The Big Lead, we are judged by our metrics in terms of what type of traffic do we bring in to the website? And more importantly, how does that traffic convert into revenue that makes us solvent or profitable, God willing? Then there's the other arm, because there's not just one way to make money through advertising. The second piece, which is a bit harder to quantify, as the French would say, a certain je ne sais quoi, or the buzzword of the day, brand forward content, that's where you get these names, these authoritative voices to be able to walk into rooms and say, yeah, this is our number one team. We have the guy, or the guys, or the gals, Instead of, we're excited about this new prospect. We're excited to see how they do. No, it's not a proven commodity. No, they have never been under that intense spotlight. But we think they're going to do a good job. My colleague, Ryan Glassbeagle, also of the New York Post, seemed a bit more bullish on the prospects of Fox figuring this out and it going smoothly. He points out that they have a great system that The bench is deep. You have Adam Amin on call, also great on baseball and football. He was brought in over the past few years. He could slot into that role. He's as good as anybody else in the business. And maybe people aren't going to care and aren't going to notice. But I do think you walk into a meeting differently when you're presenting a Buck Aikman booth than you are a Kevin Burkhart or Greg Olson booth. Much like you walk into a meeting, you can tell a more sexy story with Buck and Aikman in the Monday Night Football booth than the three-man crew of Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick. Those three were great. I enjoyed them. It was a perfectly fine broadcast. It's not going to get people going head over heels to make an appointment television to try to exist as this type of -of one-of-a-kind event because let's be honest monday night football has tried several iterations of this and not really found a lot of prolonged success addressing this hole on the roster or patching it up so it works even better has been a top priority for so so long and when that's the case what better pairing to put together than one that has essentially been the voice of football. Time will tell what the better decision is right now, whether you want to go out, be aggressive in free agency, spend big like the Yankees, or try to employ a small ball approach like the Moneyball Oakland Athletics. And Fox seems to be opting for the latter. Is that going to be better for their bottom line in the long run than paying the biggest names, the biggest buck? I don't know. I don't hate the choice. I think it might actually be smart. I think that there's a world in the future where viewers are even less discerning than they are right now. They don't care who's calling the game. Maybe they're not even watching it with the sound on. Maybe they're consuming it through clips, largely visually, maybe never listening to the voice behind it. I think as I have aged, the connectivity with who's calling the game has certainly gone by the wayside. Perhaps that's because people haven't grown up where sports were solely on the radio. You become so attached to the voice. You become so attuned to it. You have nothing to rely on, but their descriptions of the games, the mood they're setting. Whereas now, if a majority of people don't watch sports as a second screen experience, I would be surprised. It's a gamble for Fox, but it's not without some upsides. The upsides are not as exciting for the public as ESPN's upsides. Uh, there's probably not as much backslapping going on. Uh, they're not the names for the media writers to get behind and have really pop. But it could work. It definitely could work. It will be weird to hear the World Series without Joe Buck. So that brings me to a bit of an off the wall idea, something that is not believed to be likely, but could happen nonetheless. Fox could survey the landscape and decide, you know what, Al Michaels, despite being at the one yard line or whatever metaphor you wanna use with Amazon, what if we decided to give the keys to the 77 year old legend and let him cook both on the number one football broadcast and on the World Series. Michaels has called parts of seven in his career last in 1995. It would be pretty wild for him to step back into the space. But if you're going to tell me that Al Michaels can't do any job in broadcasting, I'm going to say that you're wrong. That would certainly be a surprise. And it'd be seismic. I don't think it's going to happen. But it is a two birds with one stone situation. On the ESPN side of things, you wonder what it does to the Manning cast which jumped on the scene last year to great acclaim. Maybe the public loved it more than I loved it and the big lead loved it. But I and we can admit that it was pretty revolutionary, that the Mannings have a very specific and engaged audience, that the opportunity to go viral, that the opportunity to trend on social is higher in that platform, on that medium. It's an essential part of the process but what does it mean when it's going up against buck and aikman versus when it's going up against a booth that for all its quality was not the needle moving group that you would expect with monday night football to me it seems like it takes a little bit of the allure and the interest away from the manning cast if the thought was you know what maybe if these broadcasters aren't for some people, we will offer the Mannings as a safe haven. Now, I don't think you're gonna get a lot of people who are confronting Buck and Aikman and thinking, you know what, as a football fan, this is not for me. Even if you don't particularly like them, you feel the big game juice when they're calling a the game. Another aspect of this too, A lot of people are wondering about Monday Night Football, which has traditionally suffered because it does not get the best matchups. Well, that's all going to change because in 2023, the first year of the new media rights deal, ESPN will join NBC in the ability to flex games late in the season. This will obviously create a situation where ESPN can pick and choose the best matchup for Monday night, the one with the most playoff implications, the biggest markets. This will help us avoid stinkers between a four and 10 team and a five and 11 team that don't mean anything except to gamblers and fantasy football enthusiasts. This will have the playoff hunt play out largely on Monday night. It is a benefit to go second, it's also a detriment. Let me explain the benefit. The benefit is you get to be the coda on the football weekend, you get to have the game that will impact the standings last everybody else is going to be home watching that. Sunday night football has a big impact late in the season in deciding who's going to the postseason. If you have another meaningful game 24 hours later, that's kind of the one that lingers and remains and affects 15 other franchises if it's a cross-conference game. The downside of going last, of course, is the thought that there's just too much football. And we start injecting it into our veins early and often, every single day of the week. A lot of you go through Sundays, go absolutely nuts. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Maybe you live at a Buffalo Wild Wings, but it is just mainlining football forever. And even if you love the sport, and even if you're in the zone, sometimes that Monday night game can feel like overkill. It can feel like, I did this for five days previously, and I want to do something else. Now, the NFL is king. The NFL is recession-proof. It can't be beaten. Numbers are still going to be there. Ratings went up for Monday Night Football last year. They will go up this year. That's a guarantee for me. That's a yes for me, dog. Uh, I, I, if anybody wants to make a friendly wager on that, I would love to. I'll give you odds, too. I'll give you three to one odds on them going down. Uh, famous last words. Old takes exposed. Please clip this. Put it out, but Monday Night Football ratings will go up in 2022. Plus, ESPN gets that Super Bowl booth. Disney's finally getting one of those bad boys. Now they have people at the apex of their field making that broadcast, that presentation as expensive and as comfortable as possible. I don't think people will be watching the game on ESPN now with Buck and Aikman with the same critical eye that they would have had it been this past Monday Night Football booth. You know, Buck and Aikman, that's football. It's in good hands. There's nothing really new about it. Yes, it's a new partner. Yes, it's a different channel. There's going to be presentation elements that differ, but the genuine, but the general feel and sound of the game. Will be much like the ones that have been pumped into living rooms and bars for a quarter century. So, in summation, that Rinaldi piece I wrote when he went to Fox hasn't aged particularly well. And I'll own that. I'll be honest about it. I think we all take swings. Sometimes we misread the putt, sometimes we can't identify a curveball. We don't wait to see how pieces are going to land but it's a pretty stark difference between what i wrote then and what i'm feeling right now and what fox is probably feeling right now and that's wondering if rinaldi is going to have to voice one of those twinkling piano pieces about the entire fox a booth